0: And welcome to the Dad Whisper. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and today is an incredible conversation that I'm having with a very special friend of mine, Paul Young, who's joining me here behind the microphone. If you want to hear something about him, he's actually a former radio guy because he paid his way through Bible college working as a radio DJ. Paul Young, as you probably already know, is author of the best-selling book, The Shack, which is now a movie as well, incredible movie. He's also written Crossroads, Eve, and most recently, Lies We Believe About God. He's a husband, a father to six adult children, and he even has nine grandkids and one on the way. This is a busy man.
1: And seven of those grandchildren are girls.
0: Are you kidding? Okay, so the dad-daughter, grandfather-granddaughter relationship, you know a thing or two.
1: And uh, you know, I'm learning a lot, let me tell you. <laughs> As you uh, go. Yeah, they're all nine years old and under the grandkids. so Oh,
0: my goodness. So they're yeah. on top of you. Absolutely. I love pictures it's Kim so puts good. on Facebook of reading so good. books. Yeah. And it's so fun. Well, I, I want to just, Paul, say this publicly to you, but thank you for the significant influence you've had on my life. I'm going to get teary if I, if I go there. But truly modeling such love and grace and kindness while teaching me about how to dance with the Trinity. You
1: are so welcome. Because Honored to be in that I, I space. I think of
0: you as, as my, like, not just Paul, but the Apostle Paul, like where he's saying, follow me as I follow Christ, and and I do. I have fallen more in love with the Trinity because of time spent with you than almost anyone else on this planet.
1: My kids would say you need to get out more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want, I want you to know how much you mean to me and how thank much you. you mean to I my, so appreciate that. To my healing you. journey as well. So thank you for being here. And today we're going to be talking more about God is a father, because we know that the whole horizontal relationship with our dads affects how we talk vertically about, you know, our father in heaven. And you talked some about that last week when you talked about your relationship with your father, laying a foundation for how you've known God as a father. But today we're going to talk more specifically on the father in heaven and how he's impacted you. So the title today on your mark is When God Becomes a Real Father. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to unpack that a little bit, and I've just got to start by asking you, because of talking about God as a father, it seems fitting to ask you, how did you come up with the name Papa?
1: Ah, good question. Well, you know, Jesus is the first person in Jewish history to refer to God as my father. And the common common childlike way of referring to your father in the Jewish world was Abba,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, and that's that's what dominates, you know. In the in the Old Testament, what, what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, uh, God, I think, is only referred to as Father like thirteen times, and mm-hmm. never personally. Um, it's never like uh, in a relational term. It's the, the Father of Israel, or the Father of the King, uh-huh. or. That kind of thing. So they just did not have a concept of that. And here mm-hmm. Jesus comes as a 12-year-old who's already referring to God as my Father. Mm-hmm. There is something about that relationship that we don't understand or know. And um, so when I was casting around for an intimate uh, form of language, Abba just, it, I'm, I'm not that cultural uh Right inside that world. So, um, but I was around a lot of Hispanic uh, mm-hmm. children, and they have a way of talking about their fathers and calling them like "papi," "papi," and it has that <laughs> has that elevated yeah. sense of expectancy uh-huh. that matched. So you combine "abba" and "papi," and you get "papa." And um, oh,
0: I love that. Yeah,
1: so that's where that originated, okay. and and it's a very personal kind of. Uh, uh, of way inside my relationship, because my my journey has been God to the Father, the big the big step actually was going from the Father to Father,
0: mm-hmm. you know, to have
1: that kind of an wow. intimate, uh, and then to move to Papa was all right. That yeah, that worked.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, one of my favorite lines, which I'm sure most of the planet would would agree with me on this. One of my favorite lines in the Shack that came to life for me in the movie. Is is the phrase "I'm especially fond of you"? Right. And who says that?
1: Papa says it. Papa and says, yeah. It. And that came up because when I was writing this, um, it seemed like "God is love" and and I love you was about the subject who loves, you mm-hmm. know. And especially when you have a, an idea, a sense, an assumption of our unworthiness, right? And and therefore, this is a God who loves, you know. And he and but. There was a sense that he, he loved me, but he didn't like me, uh. right? And um, so the question, you know, who do you love amongst your children the, the best? Yeah. And it's like, uh. Uh, yeah, I can't answer that. Yeah. Um, w- whichever one I happen to be thinking about. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then to switch it from subject who loves to object uh-huh. who is loved is I'm especially fond of you.
0: Mm.
1: See, all of a sudden that changes everything. And uh, yeah. in Lies, I tell a story of being in a, in a prison up in Alberta. It was 30 degrees below Edmonton. And wow. And actually, actually, actually south of where I was born in Grand Prairie. Wow. Yeah. And um, so I went into a women's prison, and like 200 and some copies of the shack were going floating through the prison. Uh-huh. And um, so the women came voluntarily uh, to a gathering in which I was just speaking. The, the, the gals that did the prison ministry and stuff had uh-huh. set it up. So I talked who knows what about, you know, probably the prisons in my own heart, you know, and, and the places that those of us outside the prison walls are, the, we're in prisons and we just don't see them. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, when I'm done, one of the inmates, and you know, you're supposed to never have physical contact, right? <laughs> I've, I've completely violate that. Every time that I go into a prison. I love and, um, it. And I mean, I think they get warned now. It's like, you know what? <laughs> We're just going to put this protocol on the side. And because um, I think the world needs as, as as much safe touch as we can express. It, yes. Touch has become such a damaging thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, um, and as a result, so many people never feel the touch of another human being. Mm-hmm. Elderly people, mm-hmm. young men, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so there is a, a place that has to be re, uh, redeemed, mm-hmm. right? And, and one of them is touch. So she comes and she just collapses in my arms and is sobbing so violently um, that it, it takes minutes for her to gain her composure. Uh-huh. And, um, and when she finally does, she just whispers, do you really think Papa's fond of me? Oh, my. And I said, honey... He's especially fond of you. And that just started a whole another <laughs> round of this wave of emotions for her. And when she regrouped again, mm-hmm. she looks at me and she says, that is all I needed to know. That's all I needed to know. That's the whole extent of wow. our conversation.
0: And she trusted
1: that you spoke the truth. Yep.
0: It went in. Yep,
1: yep. And I'm thinking like, honey, that is all any of us needs to know. Yeah. Right. That, I, that I'm loved just because I exist.
0: Yeah. And you add the especially in there. When you said that, it takes it to a whole nother level. Well, and it's, and it's saying
1: it's your uniqueness and the fact yeah. that you exist that matters. Mm-hmm. And I think in terms of uh, women and our daughters and granddaughters in the yes. world, that that taps into one of the most basic and fundamental lies that they are told all the time. You're not worthy of being loved yet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and as a result everything becomes about okay so how do i how do i become worthy of being loved mm-hmm. and that's that is one of those lies that that i am intent on destroying in the lives of my daughters in the lives of my granddaughters
0: oh, i love that you know that. that
1: you have always been worthy of being loved always yeah. it's never wow. been about your performance it's yes. never been about your height it's never been about your weight it's never been about your intelligence and mm-hmm. your looks
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: i'm especially fond of you uh, and i can see <laughs> you in ways that you don't see yet.
0: And how much do we as women need to hear from our dads, our grandfathers? How do you see me?
1: And I think a part of that is, and there's, I mean, that's a great conversation because part of that has to do with the fact that men have dominated the world and are dominant in society. So, you know, the ferocious love of a mother is absolutely essential to the life and of any of us Mm -hmm. but in this world the the declaration of a father to a daughter or to a granddaughter that that they are loved because they exist especially in a world where men have created such a a sense of performance orientation Mm -hmm. everything is about power and control comparison competing and and we need the men to be able to communicate to their Mm -hmm. daughters that's a lie Yes. We've done this. Yes. And we've controlled the power system, but it's a lie. Yeah. And um,
0: And when and, dads are, are communicating that vertically, absolutely it transfers to the father. Yeah.
1: Right? Yep. So when when the father says, This is my beloved son in whom my soul delights Right, and his response is Abba, Father. Right.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. In that you you see the declaration of a God who is saying, "This is not about comparing and competing." Uh "Eh, that's Jesus. He hasn't even done anything yet, (laughs) you know. (laughs) And uh, said. Yeah, and and his he's like this. I'm delighted in you. Yes, and we we don't realize that Jesus comes to explain. The Father, the Father of you know, uh-huh. and and everything that is true about Jesus is also true about the Father. Exactly, goodness, kindness, graciousness, you know, long suffering, um, and uh, but we we go back to then projecting our own histories on the face of God as Father, yeah, and we're back to same old performance kind of stuff. Yes. So So you're basically
0: talking about misconceptions that we have about the Father. I love this phrase that says, perception is projection.
1: Yeah. Perception becomes reality, even if it's a lie.
0: Yeah. What misconceptions have you heard? I mean, you've traveled the world that you think people have about Papa.
1: Oh, easy. God is not good all the time. Uh Uh-huh. Right? God is of a different character and nature than Jesus. God is the one who needs to be appeased, and sacrifice to Mm -hmm. and jesus comes to save us from god the father i mean seriously Seriously. we've got some very twisted ways and assumptions that we have about the character and nature of god Uh and um and it affects then how we look at ourselves we see ourselves as separated Uh and that you know jesus comes to build the bridge that we can walk across to get back to god the father where jesus is saying, "No." You know, you don't understand what fathering is like. Uh-huh. You know, you've constantly projected your definition. I'm going to show you a relationship that is not like your experience. Yes. And let that redefine what it means to be a parent. Woohoo! Right? Yeah. So that's kind of what's happening, but we're yeah. so hurt that we go back to believing that God mm-hmm. is exactly like our, our father who abandoned us, or exactly. our father who, who beat us, or our, our father who didn't care, or our father who left. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and a father who was just there but absent, yeah. exactly. you know, and so God becomes all those things.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You
1: know, if, we have an abs- if we have an absent f- uh, parent, God becomes an absent exactly. God. I mean, it just, it, it fits. Yep. We create yep. God in the image of our own mm-hmm. damage.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, there you and go. And in
1: my relationship with my dad, it took me 50 years to wipe the face of my father off the face of God. And it was only in that journey that God then became a father to me but not defined my, by my dad, Yeah, you know, defined by the goodness of God as well as the truthfulness of Jesus' expression of the character of God.
0: So that answers the how, because I think there's got to be men and women listening that go, that is profound, 50 years to wipe my father's face off the face of God, and maybe for the first time are going, that's what I've done and didn't even realize it.
1: Yeah.
0: How did you mm. do that?
1: You know, part of it is just dealing with my own crap, you know. I got to deal with my own stuff and mm-hmm. um and get
0: it out from the prisons. Yeah. And front. face
1: the lies, you know. Face the the cuz we're dominated by the lies. Mm-hmm. And um so you and and we make agreements based on them. You know. Yes. I'm agreeing that I am not worthy. I am not enough. I'm not smart enough, I'm not tall enough, I'm not skinny enough, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm I'm not I'm yeah. just not.
0: I'm just not. Yeah.
1: And all of those lies have to be addressed yes. in the context of community and relationship. So, in my relationship yeah. with my dad, um, slow and incremental. One is, I had for me it was a survival mechanism to disassociate uh, from him, uh-huh. like just like I got to get some space here, right? You know, because I don't know what any of this means. And then I had to have someone step into that space, yes. people step into that space, mm. and and begin to tell me the truth in opposition to the lies that I believed about myself and yeah. about the character and nature of God, et cetera. And then over time, I watched slow, incremental kinds of things that I got to participate in mm-hmm. that changed things. But there was a major um, moment that uh, when my when dad turned 80, on his 80th birthday, which is seven years ago, okay, um, uh, I went to his birthday, and I went for a walk afterwards, and I was just in a quandary about some of this. And But I'd got, done so much work, right, over the years prior to this. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just going like, ah, what do I do with this? And I've never heard God speak audibly. I have friends who have, and I trust them. Uh, <laughs> but um, I haven't. But I, I've gotten to know that voice on the inside. Uh-huh. And I'm, I'm really comfortable with that God speaks Paul language. You know? <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and... And he, and he speaks Michelle language, right? Yep, But he absolutely. doesn't speak Michelle language to me. Right, you know? right. And uh, so I went for a walk, and I felt, I felt the arm of God around my shoulder. Mm-hmm. And, and the whisper was, you know, Paul, you know your dad. And I go, yeah, I know my dad. He said, um, your dad hasn't known how to be a father for 60 years. He's not suddenly going to figure it out.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I went, yeah, I know. And then I hear... If it's okay f- with you, I will be all that to you and more, and that broke it. Wow! That was the last time that I expected my dad to to be that which I had always hoped. Yes. And it freed him to not have to live up to now my expectations mm-hmm. of performing up to something, mm-hmm. even though those losses are real. Yeah. And um, and and but the hurt has become no longer a woundedness, it's become a tenderness. Yeah. You know, it hasn't something that yeah. I then disassociate from. Mm-hmm. It's something that I embrace. I go like, hey, yeah, yeah, he didn't have the capacity.
0: Maybe even a sadness for what well, he it, never Well, it got. is.
1: It, and But it's, I like the word tenderness Tender. even in, in better because uh-huh. it makes you sensitive to the losses around you that yeah. are similar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? And um, so, uh, my relationship with my father is is good. It's not, a father-son relationship like how you would think of it right. but it's cordial and it's uh-huh. kind and it's
0: uh-huh. it's tender. caring
1: and tender yes yeah and um and that was a huge deal you know and it's it's freed some other things up that who knows how this yeah. is all gonna work out but i don't i don't have to know
0: you know what's kind of interesting is that when again i read the shack in 2008 january mm. i mean i i Probably like a lot of people, we can remember where we were when we read it, mm. how fast we read it, because we couldn't put it down. But again, life-changing for me over the past few years to realize I had lopped off the Father. Is I, I was really close to Jesus. Yeah. Then I was going to Foursquare Church, so the Holy Spirit came in, and it hadn't really dawned on me that I hadn't really connected much with God as a Father.
1: Right. And well, adding you know, you, that yeah.
0: in has added such a powerful, you know, I would say wrap around my life. And so when you wrote that book, I would have assumed, you know, the father was already your papa and there was closeness. But I'm loving hearing you say that even seven years ago, it was another layer of your healing. And I think people need to hear that, that think, okay, the shack was a weekend. Why didn't I get the quick fix version? And you're saying, okay, my shack was 11 years. And even then, some. Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, and I see our growth as a spiral. And you can picture the spiral going up or down. I, I see it as going down. And that's not in a negative sense. It's in a sense that says, I want to go deeper, right? Mm. And as you go around that spiral, you yeah. see similar territory. And you can make the mistake to think that you're not getting anywhere. And you are. God yeah. doesn't build roads going nowhere. Mm. And God, who has begun a good work, it was just creation work, right? Yeah. Um, he. It's going to move in a direction toward wholeness. And so, yeah. so don't get perturbed by seeing similar things. You're just, you're just going deeper.
0: Yeah, I love that. Paul, do you think that it makes a difference if someone feels close to Jesus, you know, like our good friend, John McMurray, mm-hmm. says, start with the one of the Trinity you're most comfortable with. Yeah, well, I think that's incredibly wise. To yeah. the others. What would you say to, because again, as a counselor, I hear this a lot. People are like, I can't do God the Father. Yeah. What would you say to them?
1: Don't worry about it. You know, in in um, in the shack, this is why God doesn't come out as a white, grandfatherly, bearded, distant, omni-being, right? Yes. Because um, so, I'm trying to get away from Gandalf with a bad attitude as far as I can get because that was the God that I grew up with. That's the mm-hmm. God who was a no-show for Mackenzie mm. uh, when he goes back and loses it. So, um, the... The issue of, of God as Father and relating to God as Father, you God will build that bridge to you. And, you know, what's here's a fascinating thing. I have a friend who works with trafficked women. Uh-huh. And, and he said, you know what the dominant way that God comes to these women? The way in terms of imagery that God comes is not a male or a female. It's a black Labrador retriever. Wow. Because... This is a God who knows that their damage is so significant that they can't trust a man or a woman, Mm -hmm. right? And so God comes to them in a way that is safe. And that tells you not that God is a black Labrador retriever, but that God is a God who loves you and knows how to build a bridge into your brokenness in such a way Mm -hmm. that it doesn't do more damage. (laughs) In Crossroads, um, you have... The presence of the Holy Spirit in Jesus, again, in different imagery. But God the Father is absent for, the most, for most of the book. Mm-hmm. Not, not in the sense of actually absent, but Tony, just the main character, just cannot can't deal go with there. him. Yeah. Can't, can't deal with him. And then when God shows up, it's profoundly unexpected. And again, you've got this God. If God truly loves us and is especially fond of us, mm-hmm. then God knows how broken we are. God knows what kind of language we speak. Yes. And God will speak our language to us, not speak God's language and expect yes. us to be able to bridge the gap ourselves. We can't do it. We love, we end up loving because yes. we're first loved.
0: Uh, is that some of why you had Papa show up as a woman? Absolutely. And then yeah. changed. After he had done the father healing piece, yeah. he comes as a as yeah. a masculine. Yeah. So you've got Octavia
1: Spencer playing. Papa God is yes. a black African American. then you've got Graham green playing God, the father as a male persona uh-huh. and he's indigenous first nations people. Mm-hmm. And it's, and I, yes, I, that's on purpose because uh, a lot of us are so hurt by men in this world yes. that that is not going to be the bridge point mm-hmm. that we can walk across. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and I did it for a lot of other reasons too. Um, you know, our our view of God as Father is so masculinized uh-huh. that it's it's become an impediment as well. Yeah, I was um, I was telling somebody the other day that I said, you know, that God the Father has a womb, right? <laughs> the Greek word is kolpon, and um, and it's used in when Nicodemus says to Jesus, "How how can a man go back into his mother's womb?" Kolpon, right? But the uh-huh. first time it's used is John one eighteen, where it says, "No one has seen the God except the." the one who is the begotten, who is hidden in, and again, this is a male translator, hidden in the father's bosom. Oh, but the word is kolpon.
0: Oh my goodness. It's the
1: father's womb. womb. And every time you deal with mercy, in in Hebrew scriptures particularly, you're dealing with a word that who which root is womb. womb. So you're dealing with the womb love of God. Wow. And and that begins to open up yes. this frame of reference to say like, okay. Uh-huh. This is not just about dealing with the masculine nature of God yes. because the entire gamut uh-huh. of of maternity and paternity originate yeah. in the Father, in uh, the Son, and in the Holy Spirit, Yeah, which then opens up. When we talk about a lot of the fatherhood issues that we do here, yeah. we're talking a lot about how our world has defined fathering yes. rather than understanding the mm-hmm. character and nature of God as revealed in Jesus.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. oh, Again, I could talk with you all day. I want to just ask you one final question i love to do on your Marcus set go okay. like one practical go step this week for those listening that say god isn't a real father to me i don't even know how to start yeah. looking at that issue or even opening up what would you say to them
1: talk to the talk to the trinity member that you are closest to about that you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then start exploring why you think that's true Which means that you're probably going to have to tell your story to someone, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And uh, because those things are impediments. But, uh, and that's going back to John McMurray's little statement, you know, you begin with the one you're most comfortable with. Yes. And God's not offended by that. You can't actually be engaged with one without being engaged with three.
0: I love your line that you're never less than four.
1: Yeah, correct. That's the smallest group I'm ever in is four. Yeah. Yeah. Me, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, uh, and who knows about the Great Cloud of Witnesses?
0: You know? <laughs> <laughs> A whole other layer yeah, exactly, that we haven't exactly. even gotten
1: to. So, you know, the, the go-to is, you know, begin where you're at. Yeah. Don't place yourself under some, some more guilt and condemnation because, yes. you, you know. But then begin to explore why you think that is mm, true,
0: you know. Yeah,
1: and, yeah. and what will it cost you to take the risk of trusting God as Father, you know. That's a huge deal, because everything costs. Holding on to your lies costs, and moving into freedom costs. And we just think that holding on to our lies costs less. Wow, and the actual truth is, it costs so much more wow. to hold on to our darkness.
0: Oh, such such deep practical wisdom! Thank you, Paul Young, for being here.
1: Honored to be with you, Michelle. Love and you. we've
0: talked today about when God becomes a real father. If you want to listen to this again, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com or to iTunes at the Dad Whisper. So, thank you, Paul Young, for being here today. It's been a joy.